but this is going to be a good one. There's a word that I believe God has given us today to reflect, to take home, to chew on, to embrace. And I believe he has something special for each one of us, like really rooted into who he is, but really relevant to where we at with him. And in life, he knows all those other things that we try, try not to put in the same place or give the same authority over our lives. You know, every now and then we, we wake up. The word of God for us today comes from Second Chronicles. If we can stand for the reading of the word, that would be great. I know for some that are very young, this is a nuisance. But one day you will praise the Lord because you can stand. And you'll remember these days. Amen. And it says in Second Chronicles 16. That always happens at this same time. <laughs> Devil. Rebuke you. I tie you. Under our feet. Second Chronicles uh, 16. Uh, verse 7 to 9 says. At that time Hanani the seer came into Asa. King of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites or the Libyans a mighty army with great numbers and chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing. And from now on, you will be at war. I bless unto you, word in Jesus' name, Lord. You may be seated. Amen. I believe the subject God wants us to be under today is actually called the search is over the search is over all of us are in every any or every way searching for something I mean we're searching for things that we can understand and, and sometimes if you ask and you actually answer with honesty they will you you will be asked what are you searching for and you say I, I don't know um the more we grow in life, the more we know that everything we searched for yesterday was not it. We thought that if we will get there, that would be it. Wunderbar. Nope. And the more we search for that it without looking for God, we are deceived. We live like in a mirage. We are like those that are slaves on the desert Thinking of the leaks and the food of yesterday, thinking of the provision, thinking of our favorite sin, but not really understanding sin, meaning distance from God, just to make it relevant. Sin means distance. So we are seeking the opportunity, we're seeking the experience, but we are walking away by not looking for intimacy. God today is asking us, can I stop searching? And we're going to go into it. First, we have in the context a king, a prophet, an enemy, and God's books. The books of God will say everything he has done. Your memory, my memory might fail, but in the moments that we need it, we are reminded. Call it the Holy Spirit. For those that believe in God, you receive the Holy Spirit. You say, God, could you, could you come and live in me? I receive you as my Lord and Savior. So we got that help. But in this story, most of the people in this story, they revered God. And sometimes they were good at it. And sometimes they were walking outside of the lines of trust and relationship. It might be like you and me. You know, sometimes we trust our parents Maybe we don't trust our friends. You know, the same friend that yesterday you said, this is my friend forever. Maybe today you find yourself in moments that you're saying, 
does this actual, does this person really know me? So how can you trust if you don't know? I'm setting you up. Be careful. So the king of Asa, of the king of, that we're talking about is called Asa. Asa means the king, his name actually means the one that brings healing, the doctor, the healer. The guy that went to talk to him, that person that was called the seer, the one that sees, Hanani, actually his name means the one that is gratified by God. So we have the one that heals or the one that is looking to heal and the one that has been gratified by God. Don't worry, I'll make it make sense in a second. Just sit in the presence of God. He will do what he has to do on you. If you try to control this word, you will lose the blessing. For those control freaks among us, just shut your brain for a second and open your heart to the peace that comes from understanding who God is. We cannot control God. If you try, that means you're, you're, you're really thinking of something really low because your little brain is like that. And God, well, let's say that he makes the, look, the building look very small. So Hanani, the prophet, comes and sees this king, the one that has been named after God's gratification, the one that professed that God has been good to him. He's coming to see a king that means that he could bring the healing. And a God that is so graceful has an experience with each one of them that has put them in accord to his heart. That means God has done thinking, things in their past that have made them trust him. But the king that has been in different moments in his life that were difficult found a situation that he might have thought that he could do on his own. Have you ever done something that you thought you could do on your own and found yourself in problems? Yes? That's a mom right there. The faith was all the way there. That's the tone. All of us have gone in, into situations that we said, ah, I can do this. If we're honest, all of us in the daily, we think we know. We think we know even our own hearts. But if we are honest with ourselves at the end of the day, we go to God and say, what was that? I don't know where that came from. I don't, I don't recognize that part of me. I thought you were done with that. I thought you had victory. I thought I had seen. I don't recognize that enemy or If we're really, really honest and broken in front of God, we said, I thought I could do it by myself. That's called a disciple before, you know, instead of being just a religious person, you know. The religious person says, like, I've seen you do it. The disciple would go really honest and say, I thought I could have done it by myself. And I find myself in this situation. This king had seen God put armies in front of him. And I know sometimes we read the Bible and it's like, there's no armies surrounding me. There's no chariots or strong men. You know, like it says, you know, it really actually means the people from, from the, the Kushites are actually the Ethiopians today. So there were a lot, like these people knew how to build from stones. They would dig into mountains and create temples from the mountain. No one brick, it would, it would be chiseled. They were strong. They knew what they were doing. They knew structure. They knew how to sustain themselves. They knew more than we know nowadays. If you ask a friend to help you walk the dog, they have problems. <laughs> and these people were chiseling into mountains and creating buildings and passages around the cities. These people knew how to work. They knew how to defeat enemies and God had given them to this king that today thought because it was a small thing he could do it it reminds me of the people of Israel that when they were coming out of Egypt in bondage for 430 years 420 years give and take if you were there you can make me know the exacts but theologians will say 420 430 yeah and they came out And they came out thinking that they knew. And they were taught by God 
through wilderness and difficulty that they didn't know. We don't want difficulty today. Then we don't expose ourselves to the trust that leads us to be taught. The more you hide from God, the further you get from steps that have been ordained to you. So Hannah, Hanani is, is a prophet that is satisfied by God. And when you're satisfied by God, you have clear vision. Some of us don't see situations that are coming or leaving our life in the full potential because we have not felt gratified by God. Very few of us can say, Lord, you are all I really want. Most of us will really be lying because you want a lot of other things. Yes. <laughs> They're waking up, Lord, yeah? I know, it's not easy, but here they're working on. So you want a lot of other things, and you're still seeking for that gratification. This guy, his name, poor person. His name said, I'm gratified by God. So imagine when he will wake up and that was not it. What a problem of identity he will have. Imagine his name was reminding him that he was not seeing things the right way. And maybe I can call you, all of you, Haninis today. Haninis, imagine if you woke up tomorrow and you took out your driver's license or your Oyster card if you are a minor or a young person. Um, and your, and your, your credentials would say, you're a Hanini. You're such and such Hanini. You're, imagine if it was your friends would call you, what's up, Hanini? I had a friend from the Kushites, Ethiopians, you know, and uh, they were called Wadayes. You know, Wadaye means beloved in Ethiopian. And every time I would see my friend, because I'm really bad with names, I would call him Wadaye. I don't know why I would remember Wadaye better than its name, because it was way easier. But there was something about Wadaye had a flow with it. Beloved, beloved, beloved. It meant something more than knowing your name. It just... It was how I feel you, how I perceive you. And this king stopped perceiving God as the one that could protect him. This king was making God favors. Have you been trying to be happy instead of having joy? I mean, it happens to all people, not you. But, you know, you could look at your neighbor and look like, sorry, it might happen to you, but I'm okay. From gratification to the man that was supposed to bring healing. And this king had seen the healing of God in the land, the victories of God. Like we have seen the victories of God in our life, the healing of God in our hearts, in our minds, in situations, in opportunities, over our families, in our friends, through the years, in our small amount of years or our many years. We have seen God be Asa, the healer the doctor, the great physician. We have seen the power of God. And sometimes, still, we give ourselves a license to think we can walk for God without God. We start thinking that this battle is ours and is not from God. We think that, we you know what, this situation, I can do it. A little piece of knowledge. This is part of my testimony. I had left like, I don't know, like nine drugs when I became a Christian 22 years ago. And, um, and I committed the biggest mistake probably of my life. I was still doing some drugs. And I said, this one's I can leave. And it took me, when God delivered me from nine other drugs in a minute, it took me two months to be humbled by God. And I tried. I tried hard. I tried with everything I knew. I tried reading the Bible. I tried getting away from situations. I tried my own strength, my own capacity, what I know. And I didn't trust the hand of God. I don't know if you have an experience like that. Maybe you don't have a mic in your hand, but maybe you have trusted in God for certain things in your life. And there are certain ones of those that you say, don't worry, I'll take it from here. 
Have you ever walked into a situation saying, I can do it? And when times go by, you say, I need help. I thought I could do it. So let's not be so hard on judging this king. Because this, is king, this king is a mirror of each one of us. Thinking that we can live for God without God. Thinking that we can go through daily. I mean, to be fair, life is so rough. Sometimes I think of the people that don't know God and don't know his goodness. And I think, wow. Like, I have admiration for that. Because even knowing God, life is tough. And almost, I have to say, I don't know if you have been in the same situation as me, but the more I know God, the more I see I need God, the weaker I feel. Has that ever happened to you? Like, don't you get frustrated and you know, like, Lord, like, I should, I should be stronger. I know you. I'm doing the right things. I'm deciding in the right way. I feel, ah, but then all of a sudden you feel weak. And you're like, what's going on? You know, I'm doing all those these things for you. I'm doing all of these things right. And I still feel weak. And I even, I'm feeling weaker. So our flesh is fighting with the revelation that we need God. And, and we all have been in that boat. And we always could just point our, our cousin or our neighbor and say, I know. But if we're honest, all of us are in that boat today. So this is why this word from God comes to us. Introduction. The king Asa. Oh, he the one that brings healing. The prophet. The one that is gratified by God. The enemy. Are you ready? My broken version of this name. Basha. What means? The one that revolts. Or what stinks. I love when it goes very, very profound. Have you ever had a person or a moment? A person? No, you, you're a Christian. You don't say that. That person stinks. No, no, I'm joking. Have you ever had areas in your own heart that stink? Those areas in your heart that you, when you look at the mirror, you say, for real? Can I have an amen? I mean, come on, I'm standing by myself. You were in the dark, you know, like no one's seeing you. You can at least shout amen, you know, be real. Not with the V. Have you ever been able to face that part of your life that stinks? Or have you started bargaining with it? I'm just going to leave you alone. I'm just going to talk to Felipe Nina right there. Honest people of great size and glory. Have you ever started doing treaties with the areas of your life that say, this is how I am. See, my family has always done it like that. This is how I'm built. You know, I come from this culture. Something that I have found in life is that we all are searching and wondering for something, but that's true in all of us, but it's But it's also true that our search has to do so much with what we believe and our system of belief. In our culture, we think if you're satisfied, you just put your fork on top of the plate and you leave it like that sideways. And it says, I'm done. That was good. I found while traveling the world that some cultures even burp to say that was good. If you burp in my grandma's house, you will know the size of her hand. What we come from dictates our style of search. If you don't believe me, open your phone and try to start with any word in the, in, in the, in the alphabet. Try to start a search and it will give you your style of search. What are you searching for? What are you looking for? Are you looking to be gratified by God or are you looking for a different type of gratification? Are you looking for what God wants or are you looking to take matters in your own hand? And we can go through life lost 
and try to look for our own strength or we can rely on God. This is the only difference. We are not better than people that don't know God. We are the same in value. But one thing we have working for us is that we don't have to rely on our own strength and understanding. We can go back to the book of victories. Yeah, of course, I have enemies. And yeah, this war is a bit smaller. Maybe this is a little hiccup on my day. This is a little hiccup on my week. But you know one thing I know, even big or small, God has always been there for me. And this also I will submit to the Lord. I don't need wisdom for the big, big things only. I would submit to us today that our walk with God is wisdom for the smallest of steps. Because the adding of small steps leads us to look likewise in the eyes of men. Little did they know that it was us submitting step. Bless you, son. It was us submitting step by step to what God wanted us to do. With time, it makes us look like we took good decisions. And we're really good at keeping those little crowns of humans, those accolades and claps. But it was just really us looking for God, being humble and looking for God. If people ask you how you did it, you will say, God did it. Most people get angry when a person that has been following God answers like that because they want recipes. They want to have what you did instead of who you did it with. But the problem in life is that you can have great victories and know how God can do it, but you can take small victories into your hand and still fail on things that were smaller than your capacity. It is true in this text and it's true in our lives. Are you with me? So I know this sounds a little bit slow and I'm going to pick it up in a second. But I want to give that context. Small victories and big victories are harnessed by a relationship with God. Never go for victory without God because it will look like failure. From your point of view, heaven's point of view, and your enemy's point of view. POV. This week I understood that for the first time. Shut up, don't judge me. So we all are searching for things and we're all wondering for things. Wonder has to do with our pains. And when we are not healed, we keep on wondering like people that are wandering in the desert. When we are healed by God, he brings our search, narrows our search closer to his heart. We are looking for his ways. We're looking for his thoughts. The more we know God, the better we are, the more equipped we are to really understand who God is first, second, to understand who we are, and thirdly, know our destination. All of us have been destined by God for steps. All of us rebel against the story that someone has thought of our steps before us because we want to own them. We think we have the, the patent on our own life because we all think that before we were born, we knew better than our parents. All of us challenge our parents. It's called sin. It's called this package. It's fallen. All of us question authority from the day we were born. We could not say it. We were screaming at our parents. It sounded like a cry. The doctors celebrated. Our parents thought it was cute. But when you were four, they were saying they keep on doing that. And doesn't matter how much we grow in God, most of the days we're crying back to God. Most of the days we think we're very eloquent in our remarks and our, our complaint. But God is asking us to mature. This year is asking us to mature. The world we live now and the needs of the society in our hearts are demanding us to take God to his word and trust him like we have never trusted before. The world right now is needing people that are followers and not only listeners, that are followers, people that knowing the steps as they walk, they're able to see their yesterday as credential for a God that has been faithful and they're able to walk on their today without asking God for little peeny questions. God is asking us to mature. He's asking us to move on. He's asking us to take the credentials, the book, and say, you know what? It looks like God knows what he's doing and trust him. 
He's asking us to stop with the silly questions. Sometimes we're asking God questions that are below his pay grade, mate. God is God. Ask something interesting. At least put an impossible in front of him. You know, don't ask God about what shirt to wear. Ask God how to, to sort out your heart and your emotions and your motivations. Something really God kind of standards, you know. Put your standards up. Sometimes you're asking God for a blessing that has to do with what you buy. And God is saying, I want to heal your soul. We're calling miracles things that are so small that people that don't have God still could buy. And we still are calling it miracles. We're still calling it wow. God is wanting you to live a life that demands that he steps in. And he will put you in situations that either you remind yourself of that because you are a disciple, not only a believer. You are a person that walks with God. You are a person that is, is, is understanding his ways because you have faith and you're committed. God is wanting people that can walk with commitment. The eyes of God, his knowledge is searching for those that commit. A version says that those that their hearts are perfect behind him. And if you have seen your life, my life, anyone's life, we don't look very perfect. So that Greek version of that is very far from the reality of those that are committed. The heart of God is looking for those that are committed. Committed beyond their situation. Committed when they say, Lord, I am tempted to do such and such, but you are God. And I remember when I was tempted about this and that and the other. I remember when I failed, but you were stronger. I remember when I was about to, and I say, Lord, help me. And in that moment, I felt your strength. God says his eyes are looking for those that commit, so he strengthens them. If you are looking for strength, get committed. Don't be a person that is explaining yourself with excuses why you have failed. Because you will start bargaining with your yesterday. With your stinky stuff. That's not you, don't worry about it. That's someone else. So our beliefs show up in our style of search. And not only that, our search is completely linked to our purpose. Some of us fight with the search, but don't understand that even those temptations that we are struggling with, that God allows us to struggle with so we can get nearer and not depend on our own understanding, are extremely linked to our purpose in Him. Some of us feel guilty and some of us have bought the wrong idea, think that those temptations come to only destroy us. But there's more to the temptation. There's more to that line of thought. There's more to that little lie from the devil. The devil will never come and inhabit something that he doesn't want to steal. So he's, just, he's trying to steal your purpose through mining it through temptations. So those temptations have to inform us of the glory of God. You're not supposed to hide away from them. You're supposed to expose them. Paul said, I expose my weaknesses so Christ is known strong. As believers, we can say to people, I am tempted exactly like you. Or at least I'm, I'm probably even more dodgy. But because of God, I'm able to walk in a renewed mind. I'm not hostage to my cravings because I am known. I don't have to rely on my own strength because I know what God has done for me. I don't have to be a slave. I'm a free one. So our search is completely linked to our purpose. We want the blessing. We don't want the battles. We want, we want the things, the good things of God. We want the good thoughts of God. But you know what happens while you're getting the good thoughts and the good things of God? You will experience a lot of bad thoughts and a lot of bad possibilities. But that is part of the equation. We want more of one 
And we don't accept that it also means more of the other. The more exposure you get, the more hits you will get. The more influence you will get, the more people, things, life, and your decisions would war with your purpose. If it's true for our blessings, it's also for our commitment. This story is also not only asking, asking us to remember what God has done, but he's asking us to commit. The word of God today is to commit. The word of God for a year is to yield. And that's to produce. And that is actually to provide. But after blessings and battles are revealed, there's another step of maturity. After you committed and you want to celebrate or you want to be celebrated, are you committed? And you would love to answer, yes, I'm committed. Why are you committed to? I come every Wednesday and do mm, this, that, and the other. I'm committed. We all want to be known as committed people. We're like, like no one wakes up and say, like, I want to be that person that is known as like that weak person, that the weak link that never shows up. You know, I don't want to be those that are like strong and courageous. I want to be those that are failing and lacking and yeah, everyone wakes up like that. I know. <laughs> but after you have proved commitment, you're going to start tasting, tasting something that is the elixir of pride. It is beautiful. Confrontation. The more committed you are at anything in life, the more you'll be confronted. As believers... As disciples of God, we know that the more we're committed to God, the more we will be confronted by our own concupiscence or our own cravings. So maybe you want to maybe just erase the word confrontation because, you know, like we're in this emo world now that our feelings are more important than the truth. So we kind of scratch that and we got committed fights cravings or our ability to confront ourselves with our flesh. I'm losing them, Lord, I know. I'm not their friend now, but you're their God, so it's okay. So our church is made up of people that either wonder or follow. Our congregation is being revealed in front of each one of us as one that needs someone to call us out. A seer, someone that has been gratified by God, that says, Gratification comes from hearing God, not doing it on your own strength. Our congregation is understanding that our search is completely, completely linked to our purpose. And we are able to trust and believe. And also that every blessing brings a battle. And the more we commit, the more we will be confronted. Like I said at the beginning, the more I follow God, the more I'm confronted with my need of God. If you're really following God, the more you're confronted with your need of God. The more you walk with God, the more you know that you're not in the same rhythm that he's walking. And we all know that there's very little amount of things that are more annoying than walking with someone that has no rhythm. That that person that is just always walking on top, on top of you. Have you? Yeah. My wife does that for me, you know, and I like, you got to pray for my wife. I'm joking. I got two dogs, one that knows how to walk and the other one jumps over everyone. Sometimes I feel like one and some of the days I got revelations and I see that I'm like the other one, the one that jumps over everything. My wife used to kind of like ask me, why did you pick the most rebellious dog to keep when our dog gave birth, you know? And I said, I had the biggest revelation. This is like, it's just the most like me, you know? I'm, I'm the most needy of attention and affection from God, you know. I don't know anyone that I know, at least, that doesn't go to God at least as much as I do. Like, I don't leave God alone. I sleep little because I'm annoying God. I don't know, maybe that's not your story, but some, some of us actually are able to go to bed without knowing what God thinks. I'm not able. I'm completely broken like that. Judge me if you want, you know. But I, I want to know that I finish the day on his books the way that he wants. I don't care if I sleep much. I want to care about what he thinks. And maybe God is calling those that care what he thinks.
not those that are strong, not those that are relaxed in their own day and their achievements. Maybe this is a season that God is going to call those that are a little bit more insecure of their own strength and more secure that there's a big God behind them. Maybe there's a call and a clarion call and a trumpet call for those that are weak, that are able to come and rest, those that are weary, that are able to come and recognize that in his arms and his strength and in his truth, you can look very strong and very courageous. Maybe God is wanting us not to be courageous in our own strength and not be completed because everything you will seek to complete, it will deplete you if it's not found in him. Maybe God is asking a church to stand up and actually provide and produce. Maybe God is asking us to understand that the same thing that should have been hindering us, it is opportunity to be able to see that God is for us, that God has not forsaken us. Maybe we want to pray for the blessing, but we don't understand that what comes against the blessing is teaching us that God can overcome all things, even us in our own belief. Maybe we are like that father that came to Jesus and asked, for its kids to be actually healed. And, and Jesus said, do you believe? And the person says, I do. But even if, can you help my own belief? Maybe God is asking the church to face the tangle, to face the rhythm of the days and say that we don't have everything clear and we don't have to provide a specific answer to anyone. What we have to show is our brokenness and our need for God. And that is going to be more than an elixir for everything that is breaking our society in the minds of so many. Maybe that's what we need to be, a church that is on the streets, a church that is knowing their God in the daily, in the walks, and is able to provide for those that understanding, not instructions. God has not called us to be God. He has called us to be followers. Those that are disciples, those that know him and are being known by him. That's us. And maybe we don't have to lose our opportunity and our interesting ability to share our weakness. Each one of us have an ability to show weakness that no one else has. But the big question today is, is God going to keep on looking? Because it says there very quick in 8, verse 8, 9, sorry. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. For God wants to show himself strong. So today, we have examples of life. We have our own need. We have someone else that we know that has been kind of missing the mark. Or we can be honest. The promise is now. The work of God in you and through you is now. It's not tomorrow. You're not building to. There's no building to, there's missing by. So it's now. There's a sense of urgency that comes by being a disciple. Believers, they have it easy if they can go to church. But disciples, unsatiable. They wake up thinking how they extend the kingdom of God. How they make others understand that God is good. And his mercies and goodness follows them difference between believers and disciples disciples are the ones that imitate and walk like enough with the games the promise is now first second your strength is with God everything you count as strength in your life is with God not with you second your salvation is in God. And we take it to a prayer that we did at a certain time. But your salvation is in the daily. Your thoughts need to be saved. Your mannerisms, your attitudes need to experience salvation. Your line, your process, your, your thought process needs to experience the cross and has to go under the blood. If your thoughts are your thoughts, they're lower than your standards should be. God called you to his thoughts and his ways. So you have to question. You have the ability. I know we have been told not to question. And religion will chastise those that do. And the governments also do it today. But God has called us to question our motivations, to question our own thoughts and say, are these God's thoughts? Are these God's motivations? 
Or is it mine? Because mine will lead to death, but God's thoughts will lead to life. My motivations will lead me to be broken and depleted and tired. And those are the ones that burn out. They know God or they don't know it. They're burning side to side. As much as we walk, we'll see people laying down on the burn of their own candle. But those that follow the Lord will renew their strengths. Enough is enough, church. God is calling us to commit. And I know commitment is daunting for those that didn't see it modeled. But God is here to say, hey, I had victories that I can show you. Ask from me. Some of us don't know how to be prolific in a marriage or as parents. There's little to say that we don't know how to hold one relationship a year. One of those that we don't know how to hold one job place a year. Some of us never had a model that was continuous, that actually had perseverance named or written underneath it. We don't know how to persevere on the mundane and the simple. How are we going to persevere on our faith? That's when you answer back and you say, but God, God has done it before. It is time to remember. So our commitment and our faith will lead us into a sound and healthy knowledge, a sound and healthy heart, and sound and healthy motivations. If you're taking note, this is your moment. For those choleric people that want to just, you know, take something home. And you have, to, you have to understand to have healthy and sound, all of those leads you into knowing God, knowing yourself, and also knowing your destination. Some of us want to know God, and we keep it very, very loose. You know, I want to know God, and we sing about it. I want to know you more. And you know nothing at the end of the day. And you don't have metrics for it. You know what I mean? I don't mean to be harsh, but where are your metrics? How do you know you're knowing God better? Have you ever asked yourself, where are my metrics? How do I know? Where, where was my standards? How do I know I'm meeting with God and I know God better? Maybe that's a good exercise, no? Because we don't want to be living life like as a default. God wants us to know that we're growing. We want to know Him. And He wants us to know that we're knowing Him. That's not part of faith. No, I'm, I have faith. I'm knowing God. No, that's not your faith. Ask God for wisdom. Second, to know God like that leads us to know ourselves. Know your weaknesses. And know where, in what places you don't put yourself. Know at what times in the day you do or you don't do things. Know at what moments of the day you wake up. At what moments you should go to bed. Know. Bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the cross. Some others might have other metrics, but your metrics are your responsibility. You don't live for the glory of any other person. As a believer, we know our metrics. This is discipleship, a very big group. All of us are responsible for our metrics. We got to know. God is not asking for excuses. He's asking us to have knowledge and revelation. He wants to reveal the way he built us. So my metrics are different to your metrics. Don't compare. In those things, we are sounding like foolish, Paul would say. And third, our destination has to do with knowing each one of those. Don't try to know the destination. For the last 15 years, I've become so weary and tired of hearing, I want to know my calling from people that want to have a religion and an ego instead of knowing God that called them. As Christians, we're not supposed to know what we're going to do before God wants to do it. So why do you want to jump the rope and actually kind of think that you can drive if you never, never, never have crawled around the room? In our calling is the same. Walk with God and then you will know how to run with God. And we compare with others and in that we're foolish. We don't need to know more than he has revealed. But are you looking? And from that, from knowing God and knowing ourselves and knowing our destination, that will start informing our search. As the worship team comes back, I think God not only has a promise for us now. He's looking for people that can seek 
and believe. He's wanting people that are committed, that are able to live that, that commitment that stops guarding his tracks so he doesn't have to search anymore who he will strengthen. We all want the song. We all want the salvation, but we don't want the sacrifice. So as we are informed in our searches, as we are inspired in God, God will teach us and he will initiate in our spirits what he wants us to do. And that's how we will know the things that were prepared for us. So he also informs, he also inspires, and he is the one that initiates in our spirit. God leads us to remember what he has done. He leads us to repel those things that we are craving to take in our own hands and also those things that are coming against those things that he asked us to do. And because of that, he releases in us strength. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. In the story, we see a king that is known in history as that he was very tight with God. And I think all of us would love to be into history, written up like those that were acquainted with God. Who was Chris? Who was Quartz? Who was someone that was acquainted with God? And we would like, we would like, we would love. I don't know you, but I would love to be remembered like that. I would love to be one of those that is, is such a friend of God that when we pass, someone else would say, hey, you know what? That person was a friend of God. I don't want gold or positions, those that come and go. But to be a friend of God is priceless. And only by being friends of God, being close with God, we're able to remember that it's because of him. This king committed the mistake to trusting his own arm, his own strength, his own knowledge. But God is giving us through this word the possibility, the craving. He's explaining to us that we don't have to do it on our own strength. That whatever God has called you to do, whatever is standing in front of you, whatever is standing against what he has called you to do, you don't have to defeat it. You just have to believe and see that God will do it again. It's time to go closer. It's time to get committed. It's time to have faith, faith that is proven by actions. It's time to show the world what commitment looks like. Commitment looks like broken people that know where their power comes from. That is not by letter, is not by going to a physical place only, is by surrounding ourselves with what is true, what is right, what is of good report by the thoughts of God and the people that are able to talk into our life with those same things. I don't know if you have found yourself strong this week. This is a week that we're celebrating as a, as, a, as a group of believers. Many of us have been investing in a project in the East and we have seen God do so many things. But I don't want to be deceived by achievements. I want to be like those that achievements we will celebrate. But I want to be near to God. That was yesterday. What is up today? I want to have my roots so deep in God that I'm able to celebrate yesterday and I'm humble enough to ask about my tomorrow. I want my, root, my roots and my system, my root system, to be deepening His grace. But my, my branch is so strong that I'm able to hold the blessing. 
I want to see God do it again. And for that, I need to commit. I come from a broken home that didn't model me commitment, that modeled I will give up as soon as it gets difficult. I don't know you. And I see that that's the trend in our world. If it gets too difficult, I'm out. If it's demanding for me those things that I think are my identity, I'm not giving them up. If I have to do the things that I don't like for the sake of the kingdom, you're asking for me such a rough thing, Lord. No one is perfect, so don't be ashamed. We all have the same struggle. That's called being human. But today God is saying, look at me again. Commit to me again. Submit to me again. Walk behind me again. Let me do what I can do again. Don't take this situation. Don't take this season. Don't take this year on your own hands and your own understanding. Let me be God and you be you. Just have that sorted. So I think although we have to process quite a bit because we all entangle these things quite a bit in our lives and in our daily. Sometimes we come back to God in the night and we say, how much of that was me? <laughs> I don't know if you've done it, but it's a great exercise. <laughs> how much of that was me? How much of that was you? And usually when I want to look good, I put more of Chris than I should. And I see less of Christ. But God is giving us another moment and another opportunity and another day to commit to see Christ. Not to see ourselves, but to see Him. God loves us. He owns it. He's not looking for excuses on how to love us. He's wanting us to let go and be loved and be taken and be defended and be covered and be healed and being restored and being saved because he knows we need it. So the word of God today comes to ask us a question. Can God stop in your life and stop the search? Is the search over? Can he bless you? Can he strengthen you? God is asking questions that he knows the answer. But he's pushing and pulling in us so we can answer back. Is this, is this search over? Is this a season that you give up and you let God? Is this it? It's for each one of us to answer. God doesn't condemn. He pulls us aside with love and says, I can bless you now. Should we just stop the thinking? Should we stop the running? Should I stop the searching? Are you the one that I'm going to bless today? Amen. I want us to stay sitting today as we allow the worship team to minister to us by sound and by voice. I want you to just close your eyes. I know it's different. We've never done this. But God is in control. And as we start singing, I want that you can start asking God in what way I've been doing this in my own strength. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, 
Father, it is useless to try to do things without you, Lord. And that we know in letter, that we know as a thought, Lord. But Father, we betray that thought in the daily without even wanting, Father, sometimes. And you want us to be, Father, healed and restored, full conscious of your salvation in the daily to each one of us. The reconciliation that you have, Lord. What you're doing with our mind. Because you save our soul already and that's done. But you're reconciling, Lord. You're, you're manifesting, Lord, the power of your blood in our lives in the daily. So, Father, we come to you. We come to you, Lord. For you to teach us how to commit to you, Lord. You're the one that teaches all things. All wisdom is found in you. You know all things, Lord. And as we get to know you, Lord. Father, would you transform us? Would you release in us that strength? Would you remind us, Lord? Father, would you help us to repel what is not from you? Father, would you have fruits of focus in our life? Lord, would you, Lord? This we ask in your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we ask for the fruits of focus for the fruits of that insight, that knowledge, that joy, that salvation, that replenishment, that healing, that strengthening, Lord. We ask, Lord, for the power of redemption, for your power that makes us new, for that mercy and that grace, Lord. Father, to exceed our expectations, Lord. Father, we open our hearts to you, Lord. Will you reveal our hearts to us, Lord? David said in Psalm 139, Search me, Lord. Search my heart and try me. See if you find anything that is skewed, that is twisted, that is not walking, that is not shaped the way you want, Lord. Search me, Lord. Father, we want to say, Lord, that you can stop in us. Father, the Bible teaches us that you are looking for someone like-hearted, like-minded to you, Lord. Like you found in David, Lord, says that you are searching, that your eyes go back and forth around the world, Lord, seeking who you can show your arm strong, someone that you can strengthen, someone that you can show off through and with and for. Father, we want to say your search is over. We come with humility and with boldness to your throne, Lord. Here we are. We commit to your strength, to your ways, to your glory, to your knowledge. Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit touch your heart. Let the truth, let the character of Christ, let the mind of Christ challenge your thoughts and challenge your ways. Right there where you're sitting, say, Lord, show me my ways. I commit to you. I surrender to you. Show me your strength. In Jesus' name. Amen.